This episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast is brought to you by SeedsHereNow.com. With Crypto Wednesdays, James Bean's Vault, and Easy Peasy Credit Card Checkout, you cannot go wrong with SeedsHereNow.com. If you have ever rescued or improved your garden with advice you got from this podcast, now is a good time to click subscribe. Welcome to the show, Podcast World. I'm your host, my friends call me Rasta Jeff. This is episode 765 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. I've got a fun episode lined up for you. Before we get to the main topic, let's do a few thank you shout outs to a few of those great folks who continue to support the show on Patreon. Let's kick it off with the big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to a good friend and one of my favorite testers, my buddy Mobius Groves. Let's send a big thank you shout out to my buddy Blackhawks fan. I want to send a big thank you shout out to my buddy Stoner Dave. Let's send a fist bump and a thank you shout out to Single T and Ivan M. Let's send a big thank you shout out to Mid Michigan Micro Grow. I want to send a big thank you shout out to Captain Mojo and Northeast 420. Let's send a fist bump and a thank you shout out to a great breeder, my buddy Rasta Green Thumb. Let's send a thank you shout out to Easy Going Grows. Then let's wrap it all up with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to Soil to Bowl. Big thanks and big shout out to everybody who continues to support the show on Patreon. If you are not already supporting the show and you would like to learn how to do so, all you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need will be right there on the screen. And you know, I do include a link in the show notes and in the video description to make it super easy for all of my friends to support the show. I'm not sure if you guys want to hear about it or not, but it is time for an update on my health. If you've been following along with the show, you know that I did experience the plague. I'm recovering. I've still got this junk in my throat. The energy still kind of fluctuates, but I feel much better. I'm much better in spirits. I feel way uh, like I'm almost back, but I can't just get rid of this. You can hear it in my voice. I can hear it. Uh, It's much, uh, much more exaggerated when I get the microphone and headphones going. Uh, But I think I'm mostly back. Thank you to everybody who has been sending me messages, uh, well wishes, ideas for things that will help me get over this. I do appreciate most of that. Some of you guys are crazy, but most of you are sending great ideas. Thank you for all of the love, encouragement, support, uh, the kindness. A lot of people said, hey, bro, we understand you're sick. Take your time. I am doing just that. You may notice that the podcast went from two episodes a week to one episode. Uh, My lungs get really tired just talking through a whole podcast. That sounds ridiculous to me. That sounds crazy. Uh, I'm a mostly healthy dude. I'm active. I run around. I talk a lot. And now for my lungs to get tired doing a podcast feels uh, ridiculous to me, honestly. So I've got to take my time. Got to pace myself. Can't bang out two shows like I used to. Excuse me for hearing the junk. If you do hear the junk in my throat, I apologize. I'm doing my best. I'm back on the mic. We're going to have a good time. Let's quit talking about my health. Nobody cares about the plague. Some of you do. Thank you for the folks that sent me messages. Most of you guys out there don't want to hear me talk about my health. I said we have a fun podcast lined up. I was sent a very good question um, just from a friend, actually, from my friends at Lollipop Farm. Shout out to Lolly. Shout out to John at Lollipop Farms. Beautiful people up there. I don't need to mention their location or anything else about them. They know who they are. They know that I got nothing but love and respect for everybody up there. Uh, They asked me, it may be a pot, they sent me a text message that said, it may be a good idea if you talk about how and why you got into breeding. 
I realize I've probably done that on this podcast, but there are 765 episodes up and maybe you didn't see the episode where I talked about it. It's probably been 300 episodes or so. Uh, so here we are. I don't want to try to put out a lot of grow information right now because uh, since uh, the plague hit me, my attention span is not where it should be. So I don't want to try to give you grow information, uh, lots of detailed information with weeks and numbers and times and things like that, that I could definitely flub and mess up right now. So I want to just kind of ramble for another episode or two and just talk about things that I can flow about and I can talk about. So I'm going to just talk about how I got into breeding on this episode. This is a personal story. We can't make mistakes here. Uh, if I do make errors or mistakes, somebody do correct me and uh, remind me of how the story really went. But this won't mess up your garden in any way, and it will be a fun episode for everybody to be involved in. So with no further ado, let's jump into a little bit about how and why uh, I got into growing and breeding and how we got where we are. <clears throat> many, many years ago, um, I was around growing before I should should have been, before I should probably admit it. Probably statue of limitations are over. But I remember being a little kid, and one of my uncles was growing cannabis in a backyard. And another uncle said, hey, bro, tonight when the sun goes down, do this. And he gave specific instructions. It was 40 years ago. I don't remember it. 35 years ago. I don't remember it. Um, so we gave uncle, well, uncle A gave uncle B instructions. Names will be changed to protect the innocent here. Um, and rest in peace to the uncles that are gone. Damn it. I miss you guys. Um, uncle gave uncle instructions. The sun went down. Uncle went outside to do the thing and he was about to do it wrong. And me being just the little kid that I was, the I was this person when I was a little kid, but I was like, hey, uncle, that's not what he said. He said to do it this way. And my mom was standing there. My uncle was standing there. Our other family friend who I was named after was standing there. Um, and they're all like, oh shit, he's right. That's what he said. And this was the time before like text messages and Google and shit. We didn't have none of that. This was the eighties, bro. So we had to just trust and rely on that. When I said that was wrong and I said the correct way, like he is right. Uh, that was the first time I remember being around somebody growing cannabis. I didn't realize at the time what was happening, but they were growing cannabis in the backyard at that time. Um, fast forward to, I moved to another location. I don't want to give too many details because um, I moved to a place where cultivating cannabis was illegal. And I accidentally spotted a friend's cultivation in their, um, their place. They had a place. I don't want to give too many details, but I was somewhere... And from above, light hit me in the eye that shouldn't have been coming from somewhere. And I was like, what the fuck was that? And so I just kind of, I was playing the drums, to tell you the truth. I was playing the drums. So I was obviously in a place where we played the drums and light hit me where it shouldn't have. And then I realized, I was like, oh, that's a fucking grow light. So after we were fucking, after we got done, I can't give too many details. I don't want to bust anybody. After we got done playing music, I guess is what I could say. Um, I told my friend, I was like, hey, bro, I can kind of tell that you got lights coming from up there. You might want to seal that up a little bit. And he goes, bro, do you know what you're doing? I go, I kind of know about growing. And he goes, come here, I got to show you some shit. And he showed me his grow. And I was like, oh, this is what I think is wrong. And so I helped him. So we go up there, we take a look at the grow. I kind of helped him figure out what was wrong. And then he needed a helper. He just was in over his head. He needed a buddy that could do it. Since I'd already discovered it and I was cool about it, he just decided that we were also friends also. So he decided that I was going to be his his bucket helper, his bucket monkey. Uh, basically, I carried buckets up a ladder to uh, upstairs and did weird shit like that. And then he had to go out of town, surprisingly. And when he went out of town, I just took over and ran that grow. He came back for harvest and then paid me pretty well. But that was one of my first experiences of running a grow by myself is when he went out of town. Shout out, bro, if you hear this. Hope things are well. Uh, hope you're killing it. Um, but that dude went out of town. I kind of took over that grow. So eventually I had to leave that prohibition state and I had to come back to Colorado. 
When I came back to Colorado, everybody was talking about medical marijuana. One of the first things I did was get my medical marijuana recommendation from a doctor and get all set up to be able to shop at dispensaries. Having this medical marijuana card also gave me the ability to grow my own cannabis. I'd already been growing with my friends in another state. I'd grown a little bit when I was younger, so I had some experience. I thought I could definitely do this, and it was a huge market here in Colorado. Everybody needed medical marijuana, but there weren't enough people growing it, and if you could grow a good product reliably, people would be knocking down your door uh, in a good way. That sounds bad, but it was a good way this time. So I, was, uh, I decided I'm going to grow some medical marijuana. Unfortunately, uh, it takes a little while to grow some medical marijuana. You can't just start growing. You got to get some clones from somewhere. So this is where the story kind of branches off and a couple of different things happen. Um, I ordered seeds from a seed bank. Shout out to the seed banks out there that keep people supplied with seeds. Wanted to grow, ordered seeds. Um, had somewhat okay, somewhat not okay experiences with seeds. Also at the same time, since it's taking a while to grow, I'm shopping at dispensaries and I'm looking for quality products and I'm just shopping around. While I'm shopping around, I realize there's not a quality dispensary in my area. So this branches out how uh, buying seeds and being dissatisfied leads me to making my own seeds. And then at the same time, shopping dispensaries, looking for quality products, leads me to finding a group of friends where I was part of opening the first dispensary in the city of Pueblo. So that's two different branches of this story that kind of put us where we are on the map of being a breeder and a commercial grower. So let's go the way of, I've got some notes here. Let's talk about it this way. I was growing for myself then I found this group of friends that wanted to start a, a dispensary. They had a great idea. They had a good strategy, but they just didn't have the the umph. They didn't know they were older than me as the bottom line. No disrespect to the elders. This was, prob this was in 2008, so it's been several years. I am their age now, so I've grown into that. But they were older and didn't have the energy, the hipness, the enthusiasm that they needed, but they had most of the other things. They had the product and the building. They needed a guy like myself. I've been going to dispensaries all over the state of Colorado. I've seen things that I liked. I've seen things that I did not like. I've seen what I thought worked and did not work. Uh, I come from a retail background, so I understood this going to the dispensaries. I understood what I was looking at, what I was seeing, how I interacted with people, what I liked in the interactions and didn't like, how the stores were set up, the products I enjoyed. I learned all of this. So when I discovered this group of people in my neighborhood that wanted to start a dispensary and they were a little slow about it, I was like, I'm the guy you need. And then I put my young uh, energy, my young creativity into that. And we started a very flourishing dispensary. We had a great facility here in Colorado, uh, here in Pueblo. Unfortunately, we were shut down for uh, illegal zoning, but they built that rule around us. They zoned us out because they did not want us there in that part of town. Um, that's a whole other story. I may talk about that at another part of the show. But I was growing, see, I was growing for this dispensary and I was growing for myself. Um, if you, the, so I did acquire some clones. I got some clones from some neighborhood friends and I grew those. Uh, I ordered some seeds. They came. So what inspired me to get seeds was the dispensary and everybody in my neighborhood had the same clones. My dispensary was selling clones to people. So the dispensary had all the same weed and the neighborhood all had the same weed because we were just selling clones like crazy. So all the growers in the neighborhood came to my dispensary and got clones of the same shit that I was growing at work. So it was just all the same shit. And I was trying to sell on the black market as well. I had my own side hustle going and we wanted to stay fresh at the dispensary. So we had to separate ourselves. The way to do that was to get a bunch of seeds. So I bought a lot of seeds. I used my own money and did my own pheno hunts at home in my own personal grow. Then I would take the winners from that to the commercial grow that we had at the store. 
Um, which route do we talk about that right now? Um, I would just buy seeds and grow them. I started growing at home and the seeds would come and I would grow them at home and I would pheno hunt them. I'd get a pack of seeds and find the best one. Then I would take that to the commercial grow. That commercial grow is where I learned how to grow on a big level. It wasn't necessarily a commercial building. It wasn't set up right. It was um, before commercial grows were really happening. It was kind of right before that. But it was as big as I had been in, and we made a lot of flour come out of that room. So I had to run a lot of lights, a lot of plants by myself. That started me in a big grow. I had that one. I had the one at home. Uh, allegedly, maybe, possibly had a couple others in other places we shouldn't talk about. But that's what got me going on commercial growing and in a dispensary environment. Then ordering those seeds is another part of this big story. Some of those seeds I bought were awesome. Um, some were terrible. The ratio of fucking awesome to fucking terrible seeds was not worth buying more seeds. So I did what any good grower would do. I took some of the best seeds. I actually made friends with some growers, uh, some other breeders online. I would start posting pictures of my grow, of my stuff that I was growing from seed and from clone. And people took notice and other people started sending me seeds. I took some seeds from some other really reputable, popular breeders, and I would cross them and make other things. And then I realized... I can make better seeds than what I am buying. I just have to do research. I have to do a little bit of work and I can make enough seeds for myself to grow and have better seeds than what I'm spending hundreds of dollars for coming from websites. Back then you had to buy all the seed banks were in Canada or in Europe and you'd have to hope your shit got over the, over the border through customs. They'd go through your package. A lot of times you'd get a package that had been cut open and there's a letter inside of it that said, nice try. We took your seeds. You can't have those. Sometimes you'd get your shit. Sometimes you wouldn't. Sometimes you'd pay for the money back guarantee and you'd get your money back and you wouldn't get the shipping fees and you wouldn't get half your shit back. But that's just how it went back in the day. So I made my own seeds. I didn't want to keep spending money on seeds when I knew I could do it myself just as good as the guys on the internet. Why couldn't I? I'm a smart dude. I had the experience, the space, uh, the encouragement, the fucking the drive to do it. So I made my own seeds. Um, so I did it. I made a few crosses. Uh, I made a feminized cross. I made a batch of feminized seeds that I grew. And when I started posting pictures, people were like, dude, that's fire. That looks really good. And when my friends would smoke it and grow it. Uh, so I bred some grateful dog and I took it to a party here. And it was the first batch that I thought was dried and cured properly enough to take some more and smoke it. And I cracked open the jar and everybody at the outside of the party on the back porch where I was, everybody for about a 10 or 12, maybe 15 foot radius just came right to me like a bunch of cockroaches. Like, what kind of weed is that, bro? And I cracked it open. I rolled a fat bowl. I rolled a fat joint, packed a couple of bowls, and we all smoked. And I knew that that weed was super special, and I'd made seeds of that. So I had some seeds of it. I packaged up a bunch of those, and there was a cannabis cup coming to Denver. I don't remember. I think it may have been the first one at that place with the outdoor, maybe it was Denver Mart. It could have been the Exto. I don't remember which year it was. I've got a brain injury in this shit. I didn't know to document this. I didn't know it was going to be some sort of historical event for me. I was just doing what I was doing. So made a bunch of seeds and I took them to the cannabis cup. And on those seed packages, I just put, um, I was calling myself Irie Genetics already. I just decided it was, uh, that was a cool name. So I put Irie Genetics and then I put the name of the strain on the cross and I put my email address on there because I didn't have a website yet. And at the Cannabis Cup, anybody that had, if you're walking around with like a bottle of nutrients or a grow light or like a pot or maybe some soil, anything that indicated to me that you were going to go home and attempt to grow cannabis, I gave you seeds. I thought that was a great 
uh, just a freebie for me to give to you. I didn't ask for money. It was a good way to get seeds in people's hands. My idea was just, I made a lot of these seeds. I need to grow maybe a hundred of them. You guys can have the other 2,400 that I made and I put them out there for the world. Uh, so I gave a bunch of those away with my info on the packages. It took a while. <clears throat> I think a lot of those people sat on those seeds for a minute, but then eventually, uh, it takes four or five, maybe six months to get the grow finished. Eventually, six, eight months later, people started messaging me and they're like, hey, bro, I grew these seeds. Here's pictures and the pictures would look stellar. And those people would say, can I get more seeds from you? And I would politely say, yes, you can. But this time they may cost a little bit of money. So I started posting around social media. Um, I started going to more cannabis cups and more events and started breeding more, learning more about breeding. People started giving me plants they thought would breed well. Breeders started sending me seeds and cuts, uh, made a name for myself in that industry. Then when I went to more cannabis cups, people would hunt me down and try to give me money for seeds. I actually got uh, politely asked to stop selling or leave a cannabis cup. I had a backpack filled with seeds. People would run up and I'd just take their money, give them seeds. And then some of the high time staff thought that that was bad that I was selling without a booth. I agree, should get my own booth and sell. So that's what I'm doing now. I get the booths at the events, sell seeds there. Um, eventually I built a website and it wasn't the best website, but that was my way of starting to build a brand. I built a website and a social media presence, uh, started doing a lot of online and live stuff. And that's a lot of why, I think that's why people trust me is because I'm right here. You can see my face. I'm wearing a bright yellow shirt with a purple background. I'm 6'5 with dreadlocks to my knees, to my ankles. They're almost touching the floor right now. I'm in like a bar stool high chair and they, um, they're touching my shoes. I can feel it, but uh, I'm right here. That's why I think a lot of people uh, support the brand and support me because I support you back and I don't hide. A lot of breeders, you don't even know who they are. You have no idea what they're about. You know me, I'm friendly, I'm peaceful. I think building an audience with the social media folks, doing a podcast, that really helps out. Just showing you that I'm a normal person, I'm passionate for cannabis and uh, kind of opening up the the window, the curtain, I guess, so that you could see what I'm doing. I talk about my breeding. I share a lot with you. I think that really helps with my brand. So um, that's a lot of what got me here. I started doing events. I got my own booth set up, started selling at shows, and then um, still sell at the events when they do happen. Uh, the Indo Expo got canceled, and then the next event that was lined up was the Dude Grows Cup. Unfortunately, I had to skip that because I had the vid. I did send Mike in place uh, to do work for me. Great job, Mike. I am rambling like crazy, but I'm telling a story, bro. This is story time with Rasta Jeff. So now I make a lot of feminized and regular seeds. My fem seeds seem to be quite reliable. My regular seeds seem to be quite potent. Um, I don't follow a lot of the trends and the hype of what I see in the market. You don't usually see me work with, uh, I hate to be naming things, but like the Skittles and the cake and the gelato. You never saw me do stuff with a lot of that. I try to stay away from the trends and I just do um, my motto has always been grow from your heart and breed with love. When I see two plants, I just know that this plant needs to donate pollen to this plant. They need to make little babies. I could just see it. Uh, maybe I'm a matchmaker. Maybe I'm a plant porn director. Either way, it just feels natural. It's what I think I was uh, part of what I was born to do. One of the things I was put here to do. So that's how we got started. That's how I became Rasta Jeff the breeder. Uh, I was basically tired of buying seeds that were not quality, that did not reach my expectations and for paying ridiculous prices for things that had to get shipped from another country that are being made in America. Uh, the companies would be that have California in the name and they'd say like New York in the name and they, those people would ship their seeds overseas and then I would pay money to have them fucking shipped back to me and then half of them wouldn't be good. I'm not dissing any, either of those companies. I'm just saying they would. we know they're coming from America and they're shipping it to another country, then shipping it right back. And I've got to 
it gets taken in customs and that was just a pain in the ass. So um, that's a lot of what led me to making my own seeds. I could do it. We can all do it. I encourage you. I'm a seed maker. I'm a seed seller. But still, if you find something stellar, make some crosses. And I do encourage you, uh, promote you. Um, you're allowed to breed with the seeds that you get from me. I didn't invent cannabis. I didn't fart one day and have fresh seeds. I didn't sneeze and make a clone. I started with other people's genetics, just like all other breeders do. So you've got my permission. Breed with my stuff. If you do breed with my genetics, all I ask is that you put the name of the cross that you used on the package and give me a little bit of credit. Maybe send me a 10 or 20 pack of seeds. I might grow them. Some of my friends might grow them. You may see pictures of your seeds on my Instagram page. That's always fun. So if you got like strawberry starburst crossed to your whatever you got mail or whatever you got, I may be interested in those seeds. It could be fun. Do that. You've got my permission. So I talked about how I got into it. Basically, I was buying seeds, not happy with them, uh, got into the dispensary life. Let's talk a little bit about that. The commercial growing started at a dispensary. We had a multi-level building. The bottom was a dispensary. The next two levels were straight up a production grow. We do smaller stuff in one area, carry it up to another area, flower it up there. Uh, that was an amazing um, experience. It was an amazing uh, cultivation facility made out of a retail store is basically what that was. So eventually... That place did get closed down, unfortunately. Um, the city attorney and some law enforcement came, handed us some documents and said we had to close. Uh, a lot of people, when those people, when the law enforcement came in, they did not have their firearms out. They were not doing a raid. They were simply escorting. The law enforcement was escorting the city attorney. City attorney handed paper. Paper was signed, and they said, you guys are now not allowed to sell any cannabis-related products. The next question was, well, can we sell non? Well, what about, no, they said they have to, you have to lock the door and stop selling cannabis-related products. And I said, well, what about the people in line? And they said, we don't know about them. We don't know what to tell you. And they left after we signed the papers. Those last few people that didn't get up and run when the cops came in, when the city attorney came in, guess how much cannabis they got for the money that they brought that day. They came to buy a 20 bag. They probably left with an ounce each for a very cheap because they stuck around when the cops walked in and they didn't get up and bail. We thought that was respectable, respectful and commendable. So they got hooked up, but they did close us. They closed us, like I said earlier, for zoning violations. Um, so at that point, we had to figure out stuff on our own. And that's kind of when I started doing uh, commercial growing at other places, drifting around. I worked at a, another commercial grow that never really got off the ground. We helped them build it, uh, but they always had technical difficulties. Then I got called to go work at Green and Healthy, kind of helped get that grow going. Then from there, I think I ended up over at uh, Three Rivers. Then I built a commercial um, what's it called? A commercial consulting reputation and just started doing consulting at several facilities. Uh, those few places I mentioned were public. I was there. To, I'm allowed to talk about them. A lot of them, we signed non-disclosure agreements to where they, I can't even tell you that I worked there, but I worked at a lot of cool places in Colorado. So that's where I got to the commercial cultivation, learning how to do things on a totally different scale, different level, uh, fighting pests in a different way. So I think I rambled about the question. The question was, um, how and why did I get into breeding? I went quite a ways into that. Honestly, the bottom line was I was not satisfied with what I was buying, and I knew that I could create a quality product for myself. One day, the people at the dispensary 
Um, I brought them some of the flowers I grew and they're like, bro, you grow a better herb than us. And I was like, thank you. That's all I wanted to hear. So that is the wrap up. I think that is all my voice and throat have got time for, for this episode. Thank you for hanging out with story time with Rasta Jeff. This podcast has almost reached 10,000 subscribers. If you haven't already subscribed, please click the subscribe button right now. Also click that notification button. Every time I put out an episode, you will get a notification. You will not miss a show for the time being until I get oxygen into these lungs. I will only be putting one episode out uh, once a week. That's every Monday. Once I feel like I'm back at it, excuse me for the throat clearing. That's once again, that's what we're dealing with. Once I get back at it, get the energy, get the throat, the lungs all back in shape. We will do two episodes again. Please be patient with me. Still love you. Not going anywhere. I appreciate you. Keep listening. Um, what else do we have for you? Make sure you, uh, if you have any questions, corrections, comments, or concerns, you can send me an email. The email is growfromyourheart at hotmail.com. Don't forget about Patreon, patreon.com forward slash growfromyourheart. We are updating Irie Direct. Make sure you check that out. For everything else, check out the website, irigenetics.com. That's all I've got for you for this episode. Thank you for hanging out. I'll be back next Monday with fresh new content. I want to give a big shout out to my friend, Modern Roots VA. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me.